Hi there, Editor Simon here. Just a quick reminder to check your local fire safety regulations before you start a fire in any space. Good evening, Brendan. Ben. Good evening, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulously. How are you doing? I am doing very, very well. This is a long-distance podcast. You're in Northwest Ontario. I'm in uh, sunny Scotland. But the power of the internet makes it makes it just a podcast in one place. So we're going to talk about the Kelly Kettle tonight, yeah? I believe so. Before we Fantastic. kick off, though, we'll talk a little bit about why we decided to do a podcast about stoves. And why would that be, Ben? Because we love them very much. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. This kind of started out as a joke, I think, almost, didn't it? We were on holiday together and we were just going on and on and on about stoves. And uh, your son, Simon, went, well, you guys should just do a podcast on this. And, and it kind of turned into a rolling joke for the whole holiday. And it was kind of frightening just how much we could talk about stoves. So here it goes. Here we go, then. So I'm a family doc who does northern rural medicine, general practitioner. And one of the conversations pieces that I would always come back to would be the safety pieces. Not that Brendan also isn't safety minded, but there is that issue with burning stuff to heat up things. There are always risks involved. So the Kelly Kettle does have those risks because you are literally burning found wood, found fuel and creating a very small fire. But there is that risk of the heat, the hot water you're going to generate, the heat to the pan itself and obviously then you have an, a miniature open fire so you don't want to be doing this inside a tent or in an enclosed space because of the carbon monoxide plus it produces a ton of smoke potentially. yeah it really it really out of all the stoves that, that we'll probably talk about it's the one that's the most primarily caveman-y it's a fire it's a contained fire and it's a very efficient and contained fire but it's definitely a fire so yeah it's the worst thing to try and do under a porch, indoors, in a tent, near a tent, anything like that. Um, it produces sparks, it produces loads and loads of heat. On a good day, flames pour out of the top of it, and it produces a lot of boiling water very, very quickly. Yeah. So maybe a little bit about the history. Uh, looking through the interwebs, um, my sense is this came out of the west coast of Ireland in the late 18, early 1900s, was utilised by Irish regiments during the First World War in the trenches, and essentially uses found fuel, so wood products on the ground or taken from deadfall, and uh, takes that and heats up water primarily. There essentially is two components to the Kelly Kettle. One is the base can, which is a circular dish, which has a circular hole in which you turn to face the highest direction of wind. And then in that, you create a small fire. And the can is maybe six to seven inches across uh, in diameter. And then above that, you sit what is a sleeve and the fire goes through the middle up the chimney and a, the sleeve around it has a water container and it looks like a reverse thermos uh, thermos flask essentially instead of the liquid sitting and then having the insulation on the outside it's the opposite of that the heat comes through the middle and the water is where the insulation would be in any thermos or insulated mug we have a um I think a 1.3 or 1.4 litre version, and it boils incredibly fast. I think our fastest match strike to boiled water was just under three minutes. Wow. And so, you know, that's kind of doing that caveman thing of just filling it full of really dry tinder and fuel. 
but it is an amazing piece of kit because it's relatively lightweight. Um, it is bulky, but you can then um, not have to worry about carrying fuel in any way, shape or form. And you can, uh, if you live in a slightly less uh, dry country, um, when, when you're out and about and it is dry, when you finish using it, you can collect loads of wee sticks and fill the whole thing up with sticks so that the next time you take it out, it's already pre-filled with dry sticks, which is a good option for those of us living in Scotland as well. Yeah. And in fact, I do that over here. Um, it becomes part of the hike or the trek is to kind of fill your pockets up with birch bark mm-hmm. and twigs as you're going along. And then it's fantastic. We, we use this both in main campsite camping where you're allowed fires, but also backcountry camping where you're hiking in. The one disadvantage is the bulkiness of it. But if you wanted to, there is a stopper that you can fill up the whole Kelly kettle with water, put the stopper in and then carry that in by hand. It does have a nice wooden edged handle. Yeah. It's a great piece of design. And it's really, um, if, if you're not at all a camper, it's a great excuse to go out for a walk somewhere, collect some sticks, make some hot water, have a cup of tea, come home again. It, it, it almost creates an activity for people who might not otherwise go out for a wander about. Yeah. And I think, I think there's a fair bit of utilization by people that kayak and trek and fish because the fire is small and contained. And obviously, if you get it roaring, you can get kind of off gas flames coming out the top. It's it's relatively easy to utilize in kind of small trip settings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe a couple of things. I'd, I'd say that if you're, if you're somewhere really, really dry where there's a big risk of fire... I'd consider not using it because I think when you pour it, you often end up getting sparks coming out of it or you end up leaving a gap between the, the fire tray at the bottom and the and the mm-hmm. actual kettle. And sparks coming out of the top can put little holes in tents and things like that. On the other hand, I've used it a couple of times at campsites and music festivals when you're not supposed to have an open fire. And I would go, it's not an open fire, it's a stove because it is a stove. It's not really an open fire. Yeah. Um, and I've I've got away with that, so... And there are, there are two attachments you can purchase that go along with it. One is uh, essentially stainless steel cross that you then put in the top of the stove onto which you can balance a pot. And so you can use it uh, to heat up food at the top of the chimney. I get a bit nervous with that because our mid-size... Super unstable, is it not? It feels, I imagine it would be. I don't know if it would be or not, but then if you're cooking a dinner, you don't want to lose your dinner because it was super unstable. Yeah, yeah. And then the other option is called a hobo stove, which maybe I might want to change the name of it, but that's what it's called. It's essentially a disc with with a platform through which the fire can go, and then you can place your pot on top. So often when we carry everything in, we're backcountry camping, we're hiking and camping into the wilderness, we will we'll take the dried food that we then use, mm-hmm. the hot water from the Kelly kettle that we then rehydrate it. And then we cook it for a little bit longer on the hobo portion of the the stove. And that's also wind directional is, you know, pretty, pretty efficient way to to be lightweight in your Mm -hmm. in your camping. Well done for getting this far um, before mentioning accessories. I think that may set the tone for the whole series, really. But yeah, we buy a stove and then we go, oh, oh, you can buy that for it as well. I think there's a I think there's a little bit of that in our nature. Yeah. I think there might be a whistle that goes with it, but I, I, you know, you, if you, if you're, if you're, if you know, I think if you're leaving the Kelly kettle and not feeding the fire, then I think it's, I think, you know, you're maybe missing the enjoyment and the fun of making a Kelly kettle and heating up water. Um, yeah. I, I think if you, if you just want to boil water and not have to interact or deal with it, then maybe, maybe a jet boil with a color changing sleeve on it is the go-to for that. Yeah. Um, which will be discussed later on. 
Oh, absolutely. But I, I would argue that in terms of camping stoves, in terms of hiking stoves, in terms of just having fun heating things up, the Kelly kettle is the aluminium standard, I think. Um, <laughs> They've certainly started using it for uh, youth groups and uh, primary school children. So uh, over here, so you get classes of eight and nine-year-olds going out to their local park or their local woods and making hot chocolate with sticks they've all collected for with a Kelly kettle. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Notwithstanding the potential risks of hot water, kids, small fires, kids playing with matches. But I think you can have some good learning mes- learning moments in that in that setting. Yeah, it's obviously a supervised and a directed activity. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it feels a little bit primal and dangerous is, is part of its charm, I think. It, yeah. It's probably relatively safe with a little bit of responsibility with it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if if you know if you're heating up the water in the Kelly kettle, then if there's too much flame, you can just lift off the Kelly portion and then pour water from your from the kettle onto the fire area, right? You've you've got a douser right there there and then. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. That might be one of the downsides of it. I think once or twice I've tried to use it in very heavy rain, and because the kettle sits slightly sits on top of the fire dish. Um, at the bottom rain rainwater can run down the side of the kelly kettle and into the dish okay and it kind of extinguishes itself but it's got to be raining really quite hard to do that yeah and i i think we've i've used it in the rain a few times but i always take a tarp with me when we're backcountry camping so we have a tarp under which we can sit at the campfire that's away from where the tents would be and that's that's part of the mm-hmm. kind of recommendations where we go camping in northwestern ontario We've had a lot of snow recently, and in fact, my child and I yesterday went out and dug a bit of a snow fort, made sure we had some windbreak from the snow, and we I had a hot chocolate in minus 25 degree weather made from Kelly Kettle. It was quite quite a lot of fun. Uh, minus 25 is pretty good going, because at that point, a lot of gas stoves have stopped working. Yeah, I, you know, I, I made sure it was very well stocked with very dry wood and a lot of birch bark to get it going. It was a one-match strike, and... <laughs> Probably three, three, three and a half minutes later, we had a rolling boil of a one point two liters of water. So just over two, two and a bit pints of water were rolling a boil. Three and a half minutes later, it was it was pretty. You know, I definitely, I definitely fed the fire very, very well. Mm-hmm. But long sticks go down the chimney, and you've got the updraft, and um, it's it's definitely it's definitely an efficient use of the fuel. And very rarely do you have much more than ashes just in the bottom of the of yeah. the can. Yeah, it is an efficient burn, and, and unlike unlike a plain wood burning stove, you don't lose tons of heat to the sides. You know, no. all, all pretty much all the heat that comes out of it is going into the water. It's, yeah. uh, it's very very simple but clever, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a nice talking point if you're if you're using one at a campsite. People who've not seen them will come and come and have a chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can lend it to people because it's hard to break, and they're not going to use your fuel up because you haven't got any fuel. It's just sticks. I think there is that one disadvantage is that the the inside does get quite dirty. The can then when you're carrying it and to travel, you turn the can upside down and put it inside the stove, I suppose, chimney. And yeah, so with, I yeah. often either will use a couple of bits of kitchen towel because it will pick up any moisture and you can just throw those away or even a small plastic bag just to keep the cleaner portion of the outside of that base can clean up against the inside of the kind of the sooty portion of the chimney pipe. Yeah, we, we've, we've always got two three plastic bags with it. And then just, just for exactly that reason, it can be a bit manky. But it smells so nice and it smells, yeah, like, yeah. It smells like a whiskey distillery or something. It's lovely. 
maybe I'm using lots of pine in mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think mine too, because that's what we have: birch bark and pine. I tried using newspapers um, deliberately. You can you can uh, you can just run it off newspaper quite well. The only problem being that you get a lot of ashes coming out of the top of it. Yeah. Um, but you 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 can you know quite happily burn newspapers. The one other thing I did want to talk about is that it is a bit of an investment. Um, over here, probably for seventy five quid, the biggest one, or about one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and thirty dollars. Uh, the biggest one is 1.6 liters. That seems mm-hmm. to be like quite a large investment in one piece of kit. The smallest one, which is just under a pint of fluid, would be about 65 pounds or $110. So they're not cheap. But again, maybe the rubber stopper might need replacing if you put it up against the hotness of the stove base. But otherwise, I don't really see there being any breakable parts. Yeah, I've got a cork stopper on mine, and it's starting to crumble a bit around the edges, but it still it still seals okay. And I've got uh, the dish of mine is starting to look a bit waggly. It's had a few dents, and but you can okay. kind of bend it straight again, so it's okay, really. Um, I know a couple of people who've bought them for for partners as kind of like you know wedding presents and things like that, and sort of fortieth birthday presents for guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make quite a nice quite a nice present, even if you don't really need one. They're quite a nice present. Does that, do any of us actually need any of these stoves? Well, <laughs> do you need to go camping? No, most that's us, true. Most of us don't, but that's quite a nice thing to do. It is, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really pleased you introduced me to it. I think I think you first introduced it to me one time on Arthur's Seat, and we had cups of tea halfway up Arthur's Seat. Did we use it on Arthur's Seat? Oh, I don't know. Be illegal, surely. Uh, so maybe Arthur's we didn't. Seat. Yeah, maybe Arthur's... It, no, it wasn't. It was at. Um, the beach just down east of Edinburgh. I forget the name. Begins with a P. Oh, Portobello. Portobello. Yeah, I think uh, we did one on Portobello well, Beach. Perfect. That's okay. That's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Edinburgh Seaside, Portobello. Yeah, it's a nice place to have a little fire there. Yeah, and I think I think um I think I got mine from my girlfriend who is now my wife. I think it was a present from her. Well, oh, what fantastic a great present associations. Yeah, 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 and I, I imagine it's going to last for. So I've had it for like fifteen years, and it's going to last for. Uh, who knows? It's going to last. Might last me out. Yeah. Well, it was lovely to talk to you and ramble on about definitely the aluminium standard in stoves. Is this is this a stove against which all others are measured? At least, at least from my perspective, because I've resisted many other options. Although I am drawn like a moth to jet boils and msrs and others i'm i haven't yet splurged on those when i have something that is so effective given one of the things i'm concerned about is weight and not having to worry about running out of fuel when i'm going into the back country with mm-hmm. sometimes two three kids plus me and one other adult right? yeah you don't want people to go hungry because you ran out of fuel <laughs> to to rehydrate the food and i've never really got into cold rehydration because that kind of misses the fun of having a campfire yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's and i think having yeah i think having something warm is that there's a massive psychological boost to having hot drinks and there's a massive psychological boost to having um something warm going on and i think even if you haven't got a campfire going a kelly kettle is kind of a little bit of an equivalent it, it does provide a little bit of a focus and it's it's it ticks a lot of primal boxes it's a very yes. nice thing to be to be sitting around of an evening well, so we'll. I think our next episode will be looking at the jet boil. Yeah, same but different. I guess it does. 
just like the kettle, just like the kelly, it makes water hot very, very quickly and conveniently. And that's kind of about all they both do. But they're they're definitely the other end of the spectrum, aren't they? Yes. Well, I look forward to chatting to you about that soon. Excellent. That'll be great. Nice to chat to you tonight. Yeah, lovely to chat to you. Cheers, Ben. Bye, Bren.